Hello and welcome to another episode of Speed Mentorship. My name is Matt Mackler, your host. Well, here on Speed Mentorship, our goal is to help you be a leader that others want to follow. We're going to do that by interviewing top performers who are world-class at what they do. We're going to ask them tough, challenging questions to peer into their mind to see what makes them unique, successful, and just understand a little bit more about the way that they think. We know your time's valuable, so we're gonna keep each episode to 15 to 20 minutes. Make sure it's action-packed, full of rich content, and we wanna make sure that we're adding value to you at the end of the day. Super important that as we go through each one of these episodes, we don't just listen to it and then discard a lot of the stuff that's happened. We wanna make sure that we are challenging ourselves and uh, taking at least one or two takeaways to apply to our leadership to make it better. It's even better if you have a team that you're able to go through this with. We do this all the time here at the Mackler Group and there's just a tremendous amount of value that we're able to get when we're able to go through this as a team. It just builds camaraderie and ultimately it helps us to be able to dive deeper into the content. And it's funny when you go through this with a team, everybody has a little bit different takeaways, but ultimately it ends up spurring really good conversation and, and good growth. So with that, today's guest is Chris Anderson. He has been a, a good friend of mine and a, a really a great mentor and coach. I've learned a tremendous amount from this guy. And I know today's episode, you guys are gonna get a lot of value out of. So without further ado, let's dive into today's content. So I'm really excited to dive into today's podcast content. And what I, I just wanted to open with real quick is just, Chris, if you could just share a little bit about your background and who you are and what you do, that would be great. Sure, Matt. First thing, it starts with family. Who you marry is a big deal. Sue yeah. was from a very complex family like me. They were in the road construction business, so they were mm -hmm. tough. She was one of 11. And why that was so valuable is she really understood the challenges of family business because yeah. she'd seen them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the first thing. Um, then we've got three daughters who they're now, it's amazing, they're 36 to 42. And we've been blessed that they've all turned up in Perrysburg within about 10 minutes of our house awesome. with six grandkids. So oh. in terms of family, in that family, I'm blessed mm -hmm. to have that kind of support and that closeness. Then the broader family, I'm part of, of a third generation of 55 of us where we were all in the owners in the business from birth. In terms of my, what I do today, I'm, I really have three things going on. It's my coaching business mm -hmm. with leaders like you. And it's, my focus is primarily family businesses in transition, either the lead generation or the next generation. I love work in that space because I've lived it. The second one is I've been working on a book for nine years. The name of the book is Leaving the Family Business Without Leaving the Family. Mm-hmm daring to pursue your own path. So this, that's the second thing. And the third one is, this is really exciting as well. We have a family LLC. I'm the oldest of a, one of the families in that 55. And as part of dad's estate, we put aside some money to invest and we invested in a ski company mm. founded by my nephew. They live out in Colorado. And we switched that at one of the most critical, challenging times and really understood what was going on, has been able to yeah. change the direction to where even though we got all that money in place, we broke through about three years ago and we're, we're making probably 10 to 15% return on equity. Can I back up for just a mm -hmm. minute about where I came from? 
I started working, we, we had a program, we all grew up on the same place, those 50, 40 of the 55, and we had a work program. So from an early age, I was learning how to work. We had time cards, we had evaluations. Yeah. Was, and so I, I learned at that area just the discipline of hard work and what you can produce. Mm. Then from an early age, like in high school, I started working in the family business. Worked there, I worked there all the way through high school, college, and then I came back after business school. And what, I've also, what I ultimately ended up being is I was the reverse engineer of problem companies. So that was, and then on top of that, just went to business school. It was really a, I went to business school right in the middle of all that. I was able to come into that yeah. and then be able to put it, apply it. Absolutely. And, and the, you went to a pretty easy business school, Harvard. Right? Harvard, you'll get a kick out of this. I was lucky to get in, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I won't say anymore. But when I got there, the professors would say some really interesting things to me. Mm-hmm. And one of them that was most interesting was the management communications person, of the professor. She, when we were, she was evaluating us, and she said, you're unique in this culture. Mm. People immediately trust you. You've got dirt in, under your fingernails. Yeah. Okay, so that was like, and so that was so exciting to hear, hear because... In an environment like that, you've got all kinds of talents. You got people from coming all over the world, and then the other one that that I think you would appreciate is yeah, well, it was in the it was in the business and government and the international economy. The professor came up to me one day unsolicited, and he says, "You're you're one of the people that I've when I've taught people, you're one of those people that works really hard to bring their framework into my framework," mm. and I think. That's part of the underlying thing of the questions. You can't really appreciate the framework of a talented businessman unless you really understand their framework. Mm. So I'll just, that was the foundation. So the school is a foundation yep. as well as the reverse engineering of 10 businesses. I'm just fascinated with like your journey in uh, on the business front and even just from a business coach perspective. One of the things I've you know really appreciated about you just in general is uh, there's a humility about you but there's such a deep well of wisdom because like you said family businesses they're all complicated they're all unique there's all kinds of different stuff going on and i don't think you can just jump in right away and understand there's a lot more but behind the veil and i think you do a really good job at peering in and asking some of those good questions the first question that i had was what would you say is your top most successful habits the first one is just a bias, questions before answers. Mm-hmm. The It's things in my mind or what I say to myself is what's really important. Okay. That's the first one. The second one is, what is this experience or person trying to teach me? Mm. Okay, so it's people, when people say stuff to me that rattles me, what's causing me to get rattled? Or, oh, this is the perfect timing for this because I trust this person. So it's immediately you are able to ask the trust question, which is first, do I trust myself to be able to deal with this uh-huh. with calm and really listen? And if I do, is there something else going on for that person where it's projection onto me? That's good stuff. I'm always trying to work on as well is just to be able to take what somebody's saying and not to get, not to put it through your filter, but try and understand it through like their filter and really be able to process that stuff. I think that's really difficult to do. From a weakness standpoint, what would you say are your biggest weaknesses? And share your weaknesses. That's cool. That's great to understand what those are. But I think more importantly is how do you cope and handle 
and do you try and improve them or do you just not worry about them? What are, how do you navigate that area? I like to talk about those within the context of my unique ability. So it's unique ability and, and so you have a unique ability, but then what are the blind spots that you with, with who are the people that would really be able to tap those blind spots mm -hmm. where the team comes together with unique abilities okay. that I complement theirs, they complement mine. Mm. My ability to take the long view when other people are taking the short view. And then the other one is able to provoke conversations that are not being had. Mm. Okay, and, and the, and the rea reality of that is if you're really talented at the long view, mm -hmm. the, the weakness or the opportunity is with the short view. Yeah. So you're essentially, you know, saying you're trying to you're trying to find other people that complement where you would have a weakness would be a strength of theirs in whatever aspect. And you're trying to, to hone in to each one of those individuals so you can see how you can continue to play to your strength. So let's move to another one, which is ego. Another really important one. None of us have ego, right? None of us. We don't got ego. That's not a big deal. Obviously, all of us have ego to varying levels. How do you manage your ego on a daily basis and keep it in check? Do you have certain things that you do, triggers that happen when you start to see it get out of whack? I love the word trigger. Ego gets a bad rap. Okay, so there's the, there is a good ego. So ego, the underlying thing of ego is itself, that your sense of self, regardless of context. Explain, explain that a little bit. Ego is your sense of self. If you don't have any ego, you're a, you're a lump of dirt. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I get so what you're saying. And so it's, everybody's got an ego and it's, it's what is my uniqueness on this planet? And can I find a place where that works? Hmm. Okay, so that's just been my perspective on myself. And then it's a matter of the, the world is, in my estimation, the world is about bringing different egos together and ultimately finding a group of egos that helps people see huh. within their ego the beauty and the genius that's buried in them. That's interesting. So kind of switching gears a little bit, what are some of the biggest challenges uh, that you've faced in any of the different companies or things that you've been associated with? And how did you handle some of those challenges? So this was a, it was a pet supplies company, distribution company in, in, in Texas, Louisiana, and California. And we acquired that. So I, that was one of my first assignments, and I basically came in with just the opposite of what we're talking about. Came in right away with all the answers, and it was already really screwed up. And all I did was added to the screw up. I continued to work with the same management team. And then we were at a point in our company's history where our ability to, we, we, our ability to control cash wasn't quite what it could have been. We were funding that thing hoping we could work out of the hole. Because we were working with one of our biggest suppliers who was talking about, we're gonna consolidate the old, whole industry and we think you're gonna be the one. So we had, where there's a cash issue, there was a management issue, and then there was an industry issue. And any situation that you've got like that, the most important thing you do right away is get a numbers guy involved or a numbers gal. It's not a controller and it's not a CFO. It's somebody that really understands all that and can really get the attention of leadership. 
to where every and that person has a grasp of operations and marketing and can talk to all of them and show how finance impacts that. Yeah. Okay. Not having a numbers guy that was truly involved till longer than it took. Till it was too late. And yeah. then believing the market, our our biggest supplier, that somehow they were gonna do that to us. Yeah. Well, there was a fourth one, which is we have a culture here at Anderson's of we want to treat everybody fairly. Yeah. But at the same time, that can easily be we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna patronize or we're gonna we're not gonna hurt you. I step up and I say, pick your choice. Which one did I screw up on? Yeah. All four. Mm. Okay. The board yeah. member that turned over to me, uh -huh. this guy was named Ren McPherson. He had run the Dana Corporation. Uh -huh. Man, it was when we when I finally made the recommendation, we got to close this down. After I said it at the board meeting, Ren comes up to me, and this guy was dynamic as hell. And he gets about that far from my nose, and he goes, "How long did it take? How long were you on the ground before you saw, knew you had something pretty shitty?" And I go, "Probably three months." And how long before you did anything about it? He goes, three years." <laughs> and he goes, "What do they? What do you call that when you get that sense?" at that early stage, and he says, I said, I don't know him. By the way, my throat was dry, <laughs> I'm sweating like hell. Oh, no. And he goes, what is that called when when you're you're getting that sense? And I go, I don't know, and he goes, intuition, use it. That's solid. But I mean, we've all been there and we've all been through experiences like that and you hate to go through it at, at the time, but that's how you learn. That's the yeah. only way to learn. And people that are that have this perfectionist mentality, a lot of times are too afraid to put themselves out there to make some of these mistakes. And although it's tough to do, it's that's the only way that you're gonna you're gonna get better. I, I like, and have those I like, kind of conversations. I like to say, I'd, I'd like to. I ought to sue Harvard Business School for malpractice. Oh, yeah. oh, oh man. It's so good, so good. Last couple questions I got for you. How much coaching time should you spend with your direct reports? Obviously you have, but you only have so much influence in the organization and by far the biggest influence you have is with the people that you're meeting with directly. How do you maximize those meeting times and how frequently should they be? How much time do you spend meeting with those individuals? The thing I'll say first, Matt, is at least coaching, at least in a position like in the senior leader position you have, the, the most of your coaching, at least 50% of them, is just in the way you behave. You are the shadow of the organization, and just by the way you carry yourself, you're coaching like hell. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Then the second one is, if you're doing the work, you've got two things. you got a sense of what they need to learn and you got a sense of what they're teaching you mm -hmm. okay so coaching is as much as creating it's as much about it's really about creating a setting where both of you are learning at the same time you're teaching mm -hmm. so it's a magic that it has more to do with intent and your trust in each other in terms of just you trust each other as people as well as there's a shared complementary competence. Well, the other thing is, mm -hmm. it, with the kind of talent you've surrounded yourself with, I think you'd want to ask them, what is the, what, how can I best help you? How often do you think we should meet? Mm -hmm. Where should we meet? Just yeah. put it back on them. How would you like me? What are your insights? You don't have to go with it, but what are your insights on how I can be most effective? Totally. 
And I totally agree with you too, because like you said, if you're hiring good people, you're attracting good people. There's times where I think you have to be more direct in a certain scenario where it was out of line, but those are the exceptions. Nine times out of 10, that's, you don't have to worry about that. It, you know, Focus on the daily stuff and it's a, a fun journey that we're on together that we both get to figure out how to solve. Well, you've talked before about one of the critical parts of your, your culture is ability to have direct tough yeah. discussions. Yeah. Okay, so that goes both ways. Okay. Yes, so, it does. So, so, you know, if I'm the coach and I've got a client yeah. that wants to give me some yeah. direct feedback, I'm looking for that. Yes. Okay, same thing yes. for me with a client, but I'm in a different place where that is that tool is very rarely used. Okay, so that modeling that we've talked about, that's... Yeah. It, that, that, I love having that in your culture. And then final question is, in general, what kind of advice do you have for the next generation? Biggest decision you ever make in your life is your spouse. Mm. Okay, I won the lottery. Second, you're, not, you're gonna get tired of this as questions before answers. Third one is, it, is when you come to an, a fork in the road to sit, draw out the different alternatives, okay? get disciplined at drawing out those alternatives. Mm. Just see them on paper and then let them sit for a while. And then you start talking about, you start talking about just in your mind, what are the different um, obstacles to why that won't work? Yeah. Okay, and then you just let that sit. And what I found with that, is first of all, it just gives you another clarity about everything that's floating around in your mind. Mm -hmm. Okay, then when you start doing that and you start seeing the complexity and being able to get more comfortable with it, unique new things start to pop out of what you did, what you thought was obvious. Mm. And one of the biggest questions in there is, what are the second or third order consequences of this particular decision? Hey, I appreciate you being on the podcast. It's been great to laugh and just chat and uh, learn together, man. So thanks for stopping on here. Oh, you're welcome. Well, hopefully you guys found value in today's episode. I know I did. My number one takeaway as I was going through and editing some of this stuff was actually on the section of ego. It's really interesting to think about there being a positive aspect of ego, and it can be a sense of self in a way that is natural and good. And of course, there's still a negative aspect of ego, but that kind of was a really good perspective and paradigm shift for me. And since we ended up recording this, I've been able to actually apply that in a few different areas, which has been pretty cool. I'd love to hear your guys' number one takeaway. Feel free to comment or drop us a line. Also, always looking to get better. If there's other questions you'd like to hear us ask guests, feel free to post that on there, and I'll do my best to add them in the next upcoming guests that we have here on Speed Mentorship. If you guys did find value in this, I'd love it if you could rate us, review us, and subscribe. That would be very helpful. And uh, with that, thanks for being a part of our leadership network and uh, look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode.